like 40, 40 grand a month is like what feels good for me to go for right now. I know that I will want to go for more when I get there, right? Because I also really like money is also how much you bring in as a symbol of how much help you're helping the world with. So that's really cool too. For Milo, I'm Brandon Hull, and this is Freelance to Founder, where we tell the stories of entrepreneurs who've scaled their businesses to be much bigger than themselves. This is Season 6, Episode 3, and on today's episode, we feature Chelsea Baldwin of GetCopyPower.com. You can expect, well, what you just heard, what revenue level Chelsea has in her sites this year, along with how she got to where she is today, and why her success wasn't easy at all to come by. Thanks for joining us. We'll learn more about how Chelsea went from world traveler to freelance champion after this initial break. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. For this episode of the podcast, we're heading into the beautiful mountains of Western North Carolina, where Chelsea Baldwin moved with her family after her earliest childhood years in Indiana. She was like any other kid at first, though her curiosity and a penchant for writing were definitely there early on. Yeah, as a kid, I guess I was um, pretty adventurous. I had like an imagination and like to be outside and with my friends and I don't know, rollerblading and biking through the neighborhood and all that stuff. Anyway, I like to be outside. I was adventurous. I was a little bit quiet and got more quiet, I think, as I got into school and was taught to like sit down and be quiet while the teacher's talking sort of deal. But I was a good student. I always wrote little stories and it was never a thing where I thought, oh, I'm going to do this when I grow up because I, I had these like ideal careers in my head like a nurse or a teacher, what you know, whatever there's a bunch of in society that you see around you all the time. Um, so I just thought those were the careers and I probably didn't even think like, oh, I'm going to do this, but I did like to write things down. She had highly supportive parents who pretty much let her do what she wanted to do, but she put in motion the traditional plan to attend university, in her case, Appalachian State, to get a degree in journalism. And here's where obstacle number one came in Chelsea's life. There was nowhere to go once she finished school with that degree. Yeah, I mean, I thought I was going to write for magazines and cool magazines like Rolling Stone or something. But then that crashed when the economic crash happened and everyone was screaming like print is dying and all of this stuff. So yeah, when I graduated, I graduated in 2010 and could not get a job anywhere, even at the smallest newspaper to save my life. So I started freelancing online. It's really disappointing, especially when you're back living in your parents' house. It's disempowering and infuriating and just, it was tough. I mean, I was optimistic, but then I was getting these interviews and these callbacks, but then nothing ever actually happened. And I was like, I know I'm smart. I had a great resume for a college student because I was involved in a lot and I did a lot and I accomplished a lot, but nothing was landing. Eventually, though, she did land an internship. Not in North Carolina, nor back in Indiana, but in 
India. Big move. Um, well, it, I don't know if I really hit a desperation moment. When I was in college, I was a part of like an organization that did international internships. And I wanted to do one right after college, but I didn't quite have the money for it. Less than a year later, I found an internship and went to India. Well, I, I was a traveler at heart, and I always knew that I wanted to go to India, and India was the plan that I wanted to go to even when I graduated. Um, and they had a lot of like content writing jobs and stuff there, so I knew there was opportunity there. She was hooked on the expatriate life, doing some freelance writing, teaching English classes, and, and she lived there for a few years before taking a job for a spell back in New York City. That didn't do much for her, though, and she headed back to India a second time. This touched off a series of stops internationally for a while, and, and she could do the freelance gigs from anywhere, so why not? Around like 2010, content mills were really popular for freelance writing, so like 10 bucks, 15 bucks an article, which is not much money at all. But at the time, it was like, oh, I can do one of these in an hour, and you know, I'm a new graduate, I can live cheaply, so this is fine. So I just kind of got started into that world by default. And then as things progressed, and I had the internships and like the marketing career in India, I kept learning about how, like, the purpose of content online, how it feeds into the bigger funnel, how it feeds into all these bigger purposes, and how everything just kind of works together, basically makes the online business world tick and how it all starts with content pretty much. As she learned more about the company she freelanced for and how her content factored into the bigger picture of them winning more business and having a robust digital marketing strategy, she leveraged that expertise into a full-time chief marketing officer role with an agency called Click Labs. But as with so many of our guests, even already this season, the idea of working for someone else just didn't feel right to her. She still had side projects that she was involved with, still freelancing, and she ultimately moved on, traveling the world and spending a good deal of time over in Brazil. First, I would say it's like before marketing career and after marketing career, before the marketing career, I gravitated a lot towards blog posts because that's what I was good at because that was mostly journalism based. But then after marketing career and being put in charge of things that I didn't that I was like kind of thrown into and now I'm really grateful for it actually but I had to just like sink or swim figure it out so I actually started the paperwork for my company when I was in Brazil um, so after India when I was like totally done with there I came back to the US for the holidays but I still wasn't ready to be in the US so I followed some friends back to their home city and hung out in Brazil for a while and um, worked a lot there and then started the process for founding my LLC paperwork in the U.S. and then officially signed it and created it when I got back into the U.S. of September 2015. All right, so at this point in the story, Chelsea has developed her voice as a writer. She's developed a skill for copywriting that spans numerous purposes from landing pages to blog posts and more. She's gained expertise in how content fills within a bigger picture of digital marketing, and she's getting the itch to turn her freelancing into a permanent, full-time thing. Because at the time I had a website called Carolina Freelance Writer because I was trying to do SEO. (laughs) Um, But I wanted something better than that. Um, So I bought this book on my Kindle called Hello, My Name is Awesome, which helps you come up with like business names. Um, And I just went through that book and that process and came up with a bunch of different names, but Copy Power was what really stuck. All right, we're going to take a quick break here, but stick around. Right after the curve, you'll hear how Chelsea transitioned from freelance 
to founder and what that meant for how she started focusing her time and really growing her business. You'll hear what changed about her mindset from thinking like a freelancer to thinking like a founder. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs, and did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. I'm not sure if much changed in the day-to-day. I kept the same clients. I changed. I let them know that the name was changing, and I changed the contracts and the payments over to be copy power. Um, but I think a lot of it was just a mental shift that I wanted to take for myself because I knew calling myself a business owner rather than just a freelance writer, um, I'd be more apt to take more actions for growth and to do bigger, more important things with my business that I'd be you know, I was proud of the work that I did for my clients, but that I would be more proud of that would have a bigger lasting impact. So I just started it by founding the LLC. And then of course, LLC gives you financial protections as well. All right. So she's changed her business from write the checks out to Chelsea Baldwin to the name you'll see on your credit card statement will be get copy power going forward. How did she go about getting customers? What changed? Anything different there? You might be wondering. Yeah, well, there were two main ways that I got clients. Um, one was job boards. Um, so like freelance job boards, like Pro Blogger was really good for freelance writers. I think I had a lot of success with it anyway. If it was like a job board thing, like rather than somebody coming after me and me going after them, I just always made sure to reach out on some platform other than the job board, um, which nobody does. But 
it's a great way to stand out because nobody does it. Um, and then referrals. So some of my clients were marketing companies or popular marketing companies that had good blogs with marketing advice. So people would see my stuff there and click through to my website and then inquire about work to do. If you do, if you want to have like the referrals coming into you, like it definitely does take time to build up, but it does pay off because even things that I've wrote like five or six years ago, I sometimes still get referrals from. But even though she was a business, well, that doesn't by itself stop you from having ups and downs, right? It feels more professional maybe, but that's about it. Chelsea wasn't immune to this five years ago either. I feel like you're constantly hitting walls. At one point I hit the wall of like the feast or famine cycle where it's like, oh, I get all these great clients and then I have nothing. But, you know, then you get past that wall and you figure out how to create like a sustainable longer term income for yourself as a freelancer or an agency. Income plateaus, uh, marketing plateaus when you hit a wall where, well, if you're dreaming bigger than your current situation and you're not getting the traffic or something that you want to make a goal happen, kind of hit a wall there and you've got to figure out how to get around it or how to make it happen budgeting walls where you don't or you feel like you don't have cash to do something that you really want to do lots of walls all the time she did learn one tactic in particular that kept her focused really one thing that i realized that helped me at that time was to sort of like tape up um like something above my desk to like okay i have this much projected income for this month and like put like a few months out so i could see like how much I need, how much marketing I needed to do um, to get to a certain amount or a base, certain base amount each month. Um, so that having that visual really helped because then it was like a comfort to know like, okay, I've got myself taken care of this month. And then if I don't have it taken care of next month, then at least I know that I need to do something rather than just ignoring it. Or I know that I need to start doing something next week if then the next month after that I need to book more clients or something. So that was one tactic she learned, but she did learn other things as well, other approaches to running her business. First and foremost, she learned the power of keeping good relations with people. Where no one is really an enemy or a hard competitor, you just keep the lines of communication and dialogue open. Yeah, I don't know about if anything is absolute gospel truth for any single person. Um, but things like having an outreach strategy where you just like communicate with people without any expectations, just to have good relationships, that's a great business strategy. But it's sort of like a catch one too because you have the relationships without expecting anything from them, but then they can really be a great source of opportunity for you. That's a really good one. Um, that's one I learned from Michael Port. Um, another one that I used to hate, but now I realize is really important, like aside from client work, like I have another side of my business where I sell digital products, is urgency and creating urgency for people. If you, um, Because I used to not like it because it's like, well, technically I could be selling this all the time, anytime, right? But people will always tell themselves, oh, I need to do it later. Oh, well, not right now, tomorrow, whatever. Um, but when you create urgency, because if you're like a teacher and you're trying to help people, it's partially your responsibility too to like kind of give them a little kick in the pants to like, okay, you've got to do this or you're never going to do it, right? Um, so now I, I see that in a different light, but yeah. So maybe you caught the second thing that she mentioned that she learned there, creating urgency with potential clients. 
The more she worked one-on-one with clients, though, the more she realized she'd possibly never avoid these ups and downs from her freelance world, the feast or famine. She knew she'd have to expand how she acquired clients, not just what she did for them. The agency was doing well with the pricing minimums and packages that she put together. Now she was ready to diversify her revenue. Well, you know, when you're reading about business online, there's all this stuff about passive income. Um, Some good, some not so good. But I really liked the idea of it for sure, even if I didn't know what it was going to be. But from being in business for a while and seeing people come in and like people who couldn't really afford my services, then the idea came, oh, well, let me just put out a DIY version of my process because it's a really good process and people who are non-writers can do it. Put that together in a course to sell it to people as like a lower level price tag for people who can't afford the services but still want good coffee. Um, So that filled that hole really nicely. My minimum, like for the Copy Power Agency, which is my work as well, the minimum starting package is $3,000. And we've gone up to, I think, 16 grand for a package is the highest we've had. Like when I was just, just me doing it, I would only take two to three clients a month. But now that I have writers, I can take double to three times that. So I haven't really, like I haven't gotten into the groove quite yet with the agency where I'm like, super duper consistent month to month with revenue numbers, but they're all at least high enough because we have the $3,000 base that it's okay. That it's good to work with. And how about that first product? (laughs) My first launch was super basic. And all I did was send out like a series, like a five to seven email sequence to my list. And I sold them. I sold a bunch of copies because there was a demand already in my list for it because I was sending out regular blog posts as well with like copywriting advice and stuff. So yeah. All right. So at this point in the story, I should let you in on a little uh, secret and it's an area where Chelsea's story really differs from most of our past guests on freelance to founder. Those past guests often had massive communities of followers or email subscribers that they had gained over a period of time through their own writing, their thought leadership and social media efforts. But Chelsea's kind of a quiet one. She never really built some massive list that she could turn to when she wanted to launch something new and instantly see a thousand orders stream in. What's cool here is that this didn't matter. I don't remember. I want to say maybe it was like something like 500 and some. I'm not sure though. I mean, I feel like I did have a community. It was like 500 and some people, but I always got like really good feedback and stuff from the emails that I was sending out. So I, like I knew like the market was there to sell this product. So yeah. So with what many would consider a relatively small list, she was able to launch her first product, a compilation of videos with PDFs, and she did really well with it. And then within two months, she launched another one. And it was just a basic one. It was like a $47 SEO tutorial for people who just needed basic SEO help, who needed help getting on Google and on the front page of Google, but didn't have like huge SEO budgets or a ton of time to like do these menial SEO tasks. So I just taught it in that course, put a video and a PDF together and put it up for sale. And it was easy. And I still sell it today. So I was just going along with those two products for a while. And then at the beginning, January last year, I was setting goals and I wanted to launch a community. So I launched Copy, which is called Copy Queens now, but it, the name may be changing because it's a lot more than just copywriting. 
a lot of business stuff too. So I launch that and then every month I make a training similar to that $47 training that I initially made. I put that in there every single month. And when enrollment is not open, if there's like a need for something in my community, I'll pull out some of those and like bundle them together as a package and sell. All right, one last break before we head into the home stretch. And after this one, we go right at the jugular where Chelsea's business is today, how she makes money off her copywriting prowess specifically, and what goal she has set her eyes on for the next 12 months. I don't know. It just felt like very basic knowledge. Like it was sold as a solution to like make this amazing. And I had never made a course before, so I didn't really know what I was doing. So I was like, oh, this guy is super successful. I'll just trust what he says and this will be a good investment for my business and I'll make the money back um, from the investment, no problem. And I did, but at the same time, like it was just like a bunch, it was like three and a half months of like platitudes of marketing and market research and all this stuff. And then like two weeks worth of like basic tech implementation, which is like, hmm, okay. <laughs> could have, I could have just figured this out on my own. That was Chelsea talking about her experience with taking some guru's course on launching, well, yeah, you guessed it, courses about how to do courses. It fell flat for her, despite spending $2,000 on it. Mostly what it taught her was its bad example, <laughs> how not to provide expertise to people in some vague 30,000 foot view way. I th- yeah, I think everything that I teach is just so freaking practical. Um, like a lot of people who teach copywriting will teach um, theory, and for them the theory makes sense and the theory is easy to do because they have the talent for it. Like, write how you speak. Like, okay, that's easy for a writer to do, but that's nuts to leave someone who's not a writer to do. Or like, be creative. Well, how can you be creative when ideas aren't coming to you right away? Like, what are steps you can take? So I'm just very practical. I'm like, do this, do that. Like, just show up and do the things. Um, like, I feel like I'm good at breaking down the steps and the things to do to get there. Her practical sense was a key part of how she made her business more sophisticated and drought-resistant, let's say. She's evolved from freelancer to one-woman agency to digital product and course creator to community builder. I love I love the community so much and I love seeing like people just make these amazing transformations in their businesses and themselves. But I also really love because when you work one to one with the client, like you have more control over how it all develops. You can give them some really good guidance on how like I have this whole process that I take my clients through it's like seven steps and I'm fortunate to the point now that I can be picky about who I work with, so I only will work with really cool people doing really good things, who have, you know, good hearts and are doing good things in the world. So it's nice to see that ripple effect happen as a direct result of your work. And then to also, when we do the data review, see like this many people benefited. They made this much money. They did this much stuff, whatever the stuff is that their goal was, um, because we improved their copy and their funnel and their business overall. Her community is a burgeoning aspect of her income and how she serves groups of clients now. I would like the revenue to be about half and half. I think I would still like to be involved in client work. Maybe even maybe I'm just doing like one client per month or something. But yeah, I would like the community to grow to lots and lots more people. Maybe do something more community wise with people who are not 
so bootstrapping anymore and who are at a higher level, that would be a lot of fun. Where I'm at is good, but there's always like, you know, I'm an overachiever. There's more to accomplish. So I have all these outlines of how I want to improve my funnels to increase this maybe by like 10%. I think a lot of these things, maybe this won't be a very popular thing to say, but they don't take as much time as a lot of people make them out to. Like I just finished up a really long, big, huge three-week launch. And I didn't, (laughs) this is also not the best business practice, but I didn't write the copy beforehand. I was writing it every day and scheduling it every day. But I still had plenty of time to do plenty of other things. All right. So I did some back of the napkin math based on numbers that Chelsea shared with me. And I I have her pegged at over 300,000 in annual revenue. When you consider she's really the full-time employee relying on a cast of additional part-time employees, contributors, and other freelancers, that's good money. But she's got aims for a much higher level. Yeah. Well, I am just finishing up a business mastermind. Um, with my coach and very much a thing of she took us through this whole process of like different ways to just be and think around business and life and money because what got me to where I was before I needed her in that mastermind is not what's getting to me to these places after the mastermind and the things that we did and figured out there right like 40 40 grand a month is like what feels good for me to go for right now I know that I will want to go for more when I get there Right. Because I also really like money is also how much you bring in as a symbol of how much help you're helping the world with. So that's really cool, too. The big takeaway from this episode is that Chelsea has learned this. Success comes to those who work at it. There's your golden takeaway. Okay, it's a little more detailed than that. I would say show up every day. Um, I don't know. That's sort of a platitude. But also, like, if you take the time to plan how you want to get from point A to point B, whatever your point B is. Like, obviously, some steps may change along the way, but as long as you have those steps planned out and you take, like, a step every day towards it, you'll get there. But then I feel like, you know, like, we're never satisfied. So then you get to the level where you think you'll be super happy, and then you realize, oh, there's more ways I could be even over more control of my time or my money. You know what I mean? And that is the story of Chelsea Baldwin, founder of GetCopyPower.com as down to earth as they come. Highly successful, highly efficient with her lean and mean business, though it's grown to be much bigger than herself. When we come back in episode number four, you are in for a great one. Susie Bullock, the effervescent on-air personality and the recipe queen behind Hey Grill Hey, along with her partner in crime, husband Todd Bullock extreme transparency in this episode and tremendous lessons for you, no matter what kind of business you're building. For all of us at Millo and the team from the Podglomerate Network, I'm Brandon Hall. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. We'll catch you next time on Freelance to Founder. The Podglomerate. A sonic universe.